welcome to Radio TFS, episode number 48. Hi, this is Martin Woodward. And this is Greg Duncan. Hey, how are you all doing today? It's good to uh, be speaking to you again, Greg. I'm literally, literally just in the door. Um, I've been over in um, Denmark, in Copenhagen, uh, at a launch event. So for Visual Studio 2012, Visual Studio 2012 has launched. Yay! Yeah, kind of an exciting day yesterday for Microsofties. Well, we won't talk about those other news that happened yesterday, but uh, yeah, in, it was a... In this launch event, and I'm like the only one that's following the live blogs. Obviously watching the VS stuff as well, but you know, I had to, I was sat there with my little Mac keeping track of the other news as well, so it's funny. Well, that's right, you're one of those guys, aren't you? Oh, I have to I guess that kind of makes sense given the product you work on and everything. But uh, so, you know, we were talking about the launch. Big news, big day yesterday, VS2012.net 4.5, um, uh, you know, a, a bunch of news items uh, announced yesterday uh, in the Microsoft Visual Studio world. Uh, yeah, the Visual Studio 2012 Express for Windows desktop apps. Released. Everybody seemed to be kind of excited about that. But uh, the key is the, the launch site, which is tinyurl, vs12launch, L-A-U-N-C-H. And from there, you can see uh, the keynotes. The keynotes will be on demand, available today. Uh, but beyond that, what's actually very cool, and a lot of people don't necessarily know about it, is there's a number of tracks that are there. So this is a virtual launch event. You know, this is like a multiple day kind of virtual launch that you don't have to get out of your PJs to attend. So there are a, there's a modern apps track and a modern app lifecycle track. And on there, there are a number of sessions. You know, I'm not going to count them out here while we're talking, but, you know, uh, 10, 15, 20 uh, tracks, recordings all done. And you know it's from uh, uh, Brian Keller has been crazy on here for on the um, app modern app lifecycle stuff. You can get a full day's worth of Brian Keller, which is <laughs> what we all need, right? <laughs> you watched? Yeah. Well, you were there at the Denmark one. So yeah, I was. Uh, we we did. Um, so I was went over to Copenhagen on Sunday and then we um Monday and Tuesday we actually had an event with our partners around Western Europe. We had all those guys in. Um and just sort of me, um Sam Guckenheimer with were there doing some sessions and um, a few other guys from Europe, Michael Costa and people, and, and Karthik as well. Uh, and we basically just went through and, you know, kind of showed them around uh, Visual Studio 2012 and TFS 2012. And a lot of these guys, you know, they're, our, they're partners who specialize in, um, in, in Visual Studio. So they knew a lot of it already, but it was kind of, you know, here's how we... Here's how we're going to be talking about this with customers and here's um, all the features you might not know about all of them because it's quite hard to keep in touch with everything. And it was quite good. We had the Forrester guys in there as well, you know, kind of giving the, um, a wider industry perspective and um, into the, the business value of Agile and, you know, some of the transformation things that they can, they can talk to when, they, when they're talking to people. So, no, it was a, it was a great couple of days. Got to speak to... You'd be glad to hear we actually do have some listeners. So, <laughs> got to yeah, speak. 
who listened to the podcast and things, so that was quite exciting. So you got uh, to meet him face-to-face? Buddy, who said hi, hi back to you. Wow. Uh, hello to Jason Isaacs as well, I guess, we should say. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was good. Um, in, in terms of the, the demos and things, you know, during the launch event, I realized, like, I, I mean, I'd forgotten what a big team we have in the Mr. Studio team. And, you know, because I see all the stuff we did over in, like, I know all the stuff we did in TFS, and I know all the stuff we did in Visual Studio, you know, Visual Studio Ultimate, because that's kind of the world I live in. But, man, we did a lot of stuff elsewhere, didn't we? Yeah. Just all that, you know, all the blend stuff and all the, you know, the, get the shader things and all the stuff for modern apps and all the integrations into the store. And it's amazing. It was like, wow, how am I going to even... I was just sat there, you know, thinking... I was thinking of different app ideas and things. You know, I want to get my first um, app in the store and all that sort of stuff. So it was a really exciting event. They did a really good job as well. It was nicely. It it came across really well over the live stream. Was it Was it good for you? Yeah, yeah, it, it came across well. And I, I, I guess I love the player. Uh, you know, it's being able to pause and and you know rewind and that kind of stuff makes uh, you know attending those kind of virtual launch events really nice so you can go back what did he say did he mention java is he mentioning java a lot you know <laughs> it's like wow uh, but yeah it, it came through great it was not, um, i have to admit i did get i did cheer when the columbia people were on you know and i was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, because obviously he's a you know an MVP and a, a you know a friend and you know, he's normally at, he's normally at this these Western European events when we do them. So I was like, why is Clemens not here? And then I saw him walk onto the stage. I was like, there's Clemens. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Brian Harry in a, in a shirt and pants. I was like, you know what what's going on? <laughs> did, did you see his blog post? He mentioned that he actually blogged about that. Because of the comments people were making about uh, what his where was, so he told a little story about how that happened. It was kind of funny. I can imagine. I went, <laughs> yeah, um, we were we were me and I was sat next to Sam Guggenheim and we were watching the launch, and then you know and they did the thing and uh, and then, and then Brian, you know, welcome Brian Harry and Brian walks on stage and someone went, did somebody buy Brian a shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> you know he wears shirts quite a lot, really. He wears his blue Microsoft Event shirt quite a lot when he's at events. But yeah, I was, I'm ne- I've never seen him not in jeans. I'm like, what's going on in the world? So uh, it was nice. it was funny to see. So I'm glad he posted and explained why. That was good. Now, um, what the um, you've noticed the obviously the event site is quite fancy looking. Have you uh, taken a look at the new ALM site as well? If you go to Microsoft.com/ALM, have you been there? I hadn't until you uh, mentioned it just today. It's yeah. it's pretty um, it's pretty. They've done a good job, haven't they? It's it's actually yeah. like a touch friendly, responsive design site. It's crazy. It's um, but no, Rob Rob Caron and his team have been very busy updating the content around ALM and finding out more information. So it was uh, crazy to see. It's a bit a big a big change from the old you know MSDN style of content. And MSDN had a bit of a revamp as well. If you notice the. Um, it's looking a bit more like sort of Team Foundation server. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's sort of getting towards this one kind of brand inside Microsoft. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Imagine that. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, were any, any highlights for you? Any, any things that you saw during the, 
the launch event that you hadn't seen before that you were quite impressed with? Or? Not, you know, really. It, it's, I, I think the, the, the interesting point, because, you know, I've been following this stuff for forever. You know, you and I, you know, I have been reading about this. So, you know, for us, it was a slow, you know, long-term ramp up. You know, but taking a look back and imagining guys who've got their head down, who are in still you know, 2008 or, or 2010, and, and like you said, the, the scope of it, seeing it all at once being brought forward and being you know, announced and stuff, uh, um, you know, kind of had to st- take a step back and imagine you know, how their – the impact that this could have on them and their thoughts. Mm. I did um... – an event yesterday, so it was a partners Monday, Tuesday, and then yesterday I did a the, like the local launch for, in Denmark, and uh, I you know do my usual thing. It was all you know the proper presentations during the day, and then towards the end of the day I was like, right then, you know, <laughs> let's show you some stuff. Let's just go play kind of thing because it had been quite high level during the day. So um, I was like, right, let's just you know, let's, I've got one slide, and the slide says demo. So let's go. Let's- <laughs> So I just we just played around and did some stuff and it's you know it's I'd just forgotten about all the little things with fix like merge on unshelve and baseless merge in the UI and auto merge improvements and just local workspaces in general you know and um, just all these things that you know I, was, I thought one guy was going to run up and kiss me at one point I can't remember what, I can't remember what that was he just like, put his arms up in the air. Yes, <laughs> or something like that. So uh, you know, and I prepared this fancy demo, with lots of bells and whistles, and then you get a, you get a big clap for you know something quite that felt quite small at the time, but actually is, was huge to this one particular person, and you know, and 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 that we've been using because we eat dog food all the time, so we've been using right. it for yeah, you know. So um, yeah, oh yeah, was that not in twenty ten? Wow, yeah. That's- so, uh, yeah, it was great to see the impact. It must be quite um, daunting as well, the whole um, ALM products. That, you know, there's so much stuff in Visual Studio. Just in there, just, there's just so much stuff. Like, even in, if you just pick ASP.NET, there's just so much stuff there. And then there's a lot of stuff arrived in ALM. There's a lot right, arrived in the languages. And you've got these modern apps that you want to go look at and start building. It's, um, it's a very exciting time to, very exciting time to be a developer. Absolutely. So, Selling TFS, you know, so like I was mentioning, you know, a lot of business developers, a lot of people out there that are, that are on uh, 2008 or, or 2010, um, and they're, you know, you guys are listening to our show. You know, you know, you're out there and, you, and you're looking at your work stuff and, and you're wondering, you know, how can I quote unquote sell this to my management team or how can I sell this to, you know, I'm a consultant and you want to sell this to my clients. There's a post today, a tiny URL. Actually, it's not from today, but tiny URL selling TFS from Turan Aura, Aurora. I'm going to get those pronunciations right one of these days. Who talks about, uh, highlights some of the Rangers, uh, ALM Rangers resources. You guys know it. You know, I, I, I can't do a radio TFS without mentioning the Rangers, which we have to get on. We have to get more of them on the show. Um, but they were talking about some of the resources. You know, there's a great deal. It's almost you know, it, the uh, downside of all the uh, ALM Ranger stuff is there's a ton of stuff. So, you know, uh, this post talks about some of the resources that are there to help you c- 
convince others uh, where the value is on um, TFS. And it's not just necessarily the latest and greatest one. It's just, you know, how, how do you get it in the door? And what are the values and what are the things that they add, you know, from a basic level to, you know, when you, you finally got into a standardized level to an advanced level, it's kind of like CMMI kind of uh, um, levels. And he goes into, he's got cool, you know, spider web diagrams. You know, it was nice to have those kind of things there, you know, senior management kind of safe pictures. One of the things I was talking to people about a lot as well is um, it's, Probably I would recommend that people upgrade their their team foundation servers first, so that you know, um, and then and then upgrading the clients or look at upgrading the process templates if they need to, if they want to, you know. Uh, uh, but just get the new server in, and then you can then then you can start taking advantage of new features straight away, sort of thing. So that, rather than you know, people just get stuck as to which one should I upgrade and there's no way I'm going to get all my devs onto the S2012, you know, straight away. So uh, that's what I was saying, to go for server first. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's a smooth upgrade from yeah. 2010, correct? It's a lot better than it's been in previous years. It's um, basically what you do, and again, we could probably get Ed Holloway on to talk about it, but what you, uh, what you do is you um, uninstall, Typically, you t- well, you t- take the database over to a different machine is probably the easiest way, and um, uh, point TFS at it at that database when you install TFS, and then that way it'll it'll upgrade the database and turn it into you know a new shiny TFS, or you can uninstall TFS 2010 on your box and install TFS 2012 on the box and. And it'll get and it'll upgrade your tables and and get up and running. So that's really pretty easy. What we did as well is we did a bunch of work. The the hard part because that upgrades TFS and that just works TM. But the the hard part is actually um, we have some features that are work item type dependent, um, and then we have some you know we obviously upgraded the process templates as we do every year every time. Um, the the in 2010, getting the new features enabled on an old team project was very painful. You know, it was like following this manual process and uh, doing a bunch of steps and just just hard work and a lot of right. So what we've done this time is is actually a um, upgrade wizard that that can analyze your project and see, you know, if if you haven't customized it much, if it can kind of figure out what you've done. Then, um, or if you've just got a base agile or CMMI project or whatever, then it can just upgrade those because it, you know, it knows how to do that. Um, but if you've customized it a little bit, it can try and upgrade your project, or it can, it can tell you, hey, sorry, no, that doesn't work. But but the new, that's the work item types that exist. You know, it, it's got to try and do some sort of merge process, and right. there's a limit of what logic it can do when it's auto merging the new process template with your existing one if you have customized it. But with the um, with the new work and t- item types that arrived, you know things like um, feedback or code review or whatever, those work item types it can inject those. So uh, so yeah, nice. So, That's so, yeah. great. Yeah, that that used to be a major pain point. So and Team Explorer kind of helps you. You know, it, it as you go and you know sort of say, hey, you've got, you're talking to a newer server, but I don't notice you don't have code review around yet. Do you want me to? enable it for you sort of thing or look here on how to enable it you know follow these instructions or um and when you go into code review for the first time 
um, you know, it has a little thing at the top that's a little tiny little, almost like a banner advert, but you know, one line bit of text that says, "Hey, you know, this is Code Review. Would you like to learn how to do Code Review? Click here to go see a three. I think it's the maximum three minute video to go figure out how this new feature works." And you just click close, and then that that message has gone away. So we didn't done quite a lot to try and help you get upgraded and help you get started. Well, the key. The key point to remember is um, older versions of Visual Studio can talk to TFS 2012, so upgrade your server. And then the other key point to remember is you can use Visual Studio 2012 and uh, your colleagues can still be on older versions of Visual Studio, so you can try out the new shiny bits. It doesn't mess up the solution files or anything like that. It, it just works. Yep. Of course, we'll have this transition period when there's some you know, project types you know, it's not 100% round-trippable if the project type isn't supported in VS uh, 2012 yet. Yeah. Uh, you know, so if you're doing like a .NET um, micro-framework project, those project types aren't yet supported, though they're working on those. Or, you know, um, setup and deployment packages are, are not supported in 2012. But, uh, but you can keep 2010 around for those and, and work on those there and then still have the goodness as 2012 yeah, for the Visual Studio 2012 and Visual Studio 2010 and, and even Eclipse and things like that, they all work um, very well together uh, side-by-side. We do a lot of testing on side-by-side stuff. So the important thing to remember, if you're going to use uh, Visual Studio 2012 with um, an older client like um, Visual Studio 2010, then you need to use a server workspace if you want to use the same workspace between right. Because that's all Visual Studio 2010 knows about. Right, that makes sense. Cool. So the next, uh, also ALM Ranger item is you know sometimes when you're when you're looking at stuff you know reading docs you know the ALM Rangers do a lot of docs uh, do a lot of hands-on labs but sometimes you just want to see it you you, you want to see it work and um, one of the things that um, you know uh, Brian Keller has done them before uh, and now the ALM Rangers have done are uh, it's called a demo mate based recordings. And these are essentially, you know, scripted kind of uh, demonstrations where you see it work in. There's nice annotations. There's usually nice uh, text description. Uh, and you can see the things being done. You can see the clicks. And it's not a screencast. Uh, you know, it's a, it kind of a step above that. And you can see um, Willie P has talked about a number of ALM Ranger demo factory nuggets at tinyurl, A-L-M-Demo, D-E-M-O, Mates, M-A-T-E-S. And uh, there's a couple of them uh, available right now uh, from uh, uh, Team Foundation Server Planning Guidance, uh, Visual Studio Lab Management Guide, Branching Immersion Guidance. You can view them online or you can actually download them. And he's got pointers to some other ones from um, that they've done in the past that are still uh, branded a little bit older, you know, Team Foundation Server 11 stuff. But uh, those are all there, and they're all waiting to be downloaded. Fantastic. There, go down the, the ranges. Right then, do you want to do your sponsor shout-out, and then we'll uh, carry on? Absolutely. So uh, episode 48 of Radio TFS is brought to you by SAS Made Easy, a leader. A leader? Let's try that again. Yeah, really well. SAS. Yeah. <laughs> I just need more coffee or, or less coffee or something. But SAS Made Easy 
a leader in hosted TFS, dedicated virtual servers, and TFS ALM consulting. You can reach them at www.sasmadeeasy.com. That's www.sasmadeeasy.com or via email at sales at sasmadeeasy.com. Now, back to the show. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the show, uh, y- you've got some shipping, other shipping news. Well, yeah. It's a, it's a tradition that every time we have a show, something new shipped. Well, uh, this one is a bit more of a personal one. Um, uh, Brian uh, Keller was on, you know, last episode. And um, Mickey, myself, and Brian uh, worked on the the ALM Professional Application Lifecycle Management with Visual Studio 2012 book over the past year or so, and uh, it shipped. It, it started shipping, and people. Mickey's actually got his copies. I think, um, yeah. So he his arrived. I haven't seen the paper copy yet, but apparently it's um, for sale on Amazon.com. So if you go to um, tinyurl.com/proalm12, you can actually get it. Over at Amazon, let me check if the Kindle price has come down as well. Because uh, a top tip for you: no, Kindle price is still really high. Don't be buying the Kindle yet version, but but the paper ones like thirty-one dollars or something over at Amazon.com, and the Kindle ones like twenty dollars more at the minute. I noticed in like previous years, the, the we don't have any control over these prices because we don't get basically any money. <laughs> But the uh, the publisher sets a price for the paperback, which Amazon discount, and then um, Amazon set the Kindle price, and then it takes a while for them to look at the look at how much they've discounted the paperback, and then apply that same sort of discount on the Kindle version of the book as well. So uh, that's why the Kindle one's currently more expensive in the store. So hold off if you're going to buy the Kindle one. Hold off for a few days, and uh, hopefully it'll be back down to around you know below the price of the paperback. But now the paperback book seems to be selling quite well, so that's exciting. I hope people like it. It's been obviously um, you know completely updated for Visual Studio 2012. Um, lots of this, the same materials there that was there, but you know, completely redid the branching guidance and the version control stuff had to change a lot because of um, in local workspaces. Uh, but other features, um, you know, are, are covered, uh, are fully covered. That um, are, you know, like all the feedback client and my work and code review and all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully it's a decent read if um, people want to read it. But as um, you know, thanks to to Mickey and Brian, they really did the most of the work on this book. I was um, busy. Well, Brian's always just busy doing everything, but Brian this sort of stuff. And then I, I was quite busy during the you know life cycle, trying to finish off Team Explorer everywhere and things like that. So uh, Brian and Mickey really did the heavy lifting. But no, it's working with them again. Hey, um, speaking of, I don't know. I was trying to think of a transition there. But, uh, <laughs> Speaking of heavy lifting, uh, there you go. Uh, Richard Banks, um, MVP, Richard Banks from uh, Australia. He, uh, we were talking in the last show about uh, basic authentication and Git TF. Mm-hmm. Well, Richard did a did a great blog post about it. If you go to http://tinyurl.com/slash/gittfsp, then um, Richard talks about 
how to use GitTF, which is you know the cross-platform way of bridging a local Git repository with Team Foundation Server, and shows how to set that up using basic authentication credentials over on um, that we enabled a few weeks ago over on over on TFS Preview, and then you, as soon as you're done, you just enable it basically and uh, and do a GitTF clone, and, and you're done. You're off you you're off and running. So, but uh, it's a good little walk through there. Yeah, he makes it look easy. It, well, it is. Yeah, it's, it's shockingly easy. I was doing a demo of it um, yesterday or the day before, and I hadn't set it up on a particular machine, but no, it's pretty easy to set up. Great. So also last show, we talked about or mentioned um, a, a caveat here. You know, neither one of us are licensing uh, gurus, but uh, we mentioned that there were some licensing differences in the TFS 2012 Agile planning boards, you know, you see these demoed a lot, but you don't necessarily see the talk about, you know, how are they licensed and, and how do you get at these and, and what are the different levels. So this post from the um, Visual Studio and TFS for U.S. Public Sector blog, it's hard to say uh, yeah. fast, it covers that licensing stuff. And you can see this information at tinyurl.com. License board, L I C E N S E B O A R D. And for me, you know, jump to the bottom. There's a great summary at the bottom. They talk about the three levels of, of licensing from limited, which is no Cal is required. Uh, you know, that's the, where you can view my work items only to the standard license where the TFS Cal is required. You can do the my items and the standard features and the agile boards to the full license where you get everything. So the important thing to remember, basically, the thing that might be surprising is when you install, you install TFS and all these um, backlog planning tools and feedback stuff and things you'd read about aren't um, there. You know, you, you've, you've seen demos of them and you're like, well, why aren't they, why aren't they enabled? And that's because, um, as, as you say, Greg, there's, there's three levels of access to TFS, um, the limited, which is you don't need a cal on that, but you can, you can actually enable limited to everybody inside your company, and that would um, enable them to view their work items and create new work items. So you could use, you could, you don't need to get, buy cows for your company if all you want to do is allow people to create bugs and log bugs and track their bug status and things like that. You can just go do that which is cool. Mm-hmm. Standard, which is the default when you're in... It, it by default assumes that everybody is a standard user. And this is based on the kind, you know, the kind of user you are, not the kind of version of Team Foundation Server you've got. So um, the standard user, they can do all the, you know, my work and, and, um, and just, you know, usual version control and builds and what have you. Um, that's the default when we came to RTM. And then what... What was the default up until RTM, up until you know the, the later RTM builds, um, is this full? And to, to access everything, you actually have to have um, a you know a Visual Studio Premium or, or Visual Studio Ultimate or Test Professional, you know, Visual uh, MS, Test Professional with uh, MSDN. You have to actually have one of those you know premium versions of uh, MSDN to to be licensed to to couple those features so the way of doing it is basically um creating you know having the group that the people who've got the fancy versions of uh, studio can are in 
if everybody has those fancy versions in your enterprise that's going to be connected to TFS, then you can actually just make the full, the default one as well, okay. and it'll assume you've got um, you've got access, you know, permission to do everything. It's all done, all done on a um, you know on a system. It's just to help people stay you know stay compliant with their licensing. We're a great believer in interesting our customers to do the right thing. So um, yeah, that that blog a blog post explains really well how to change the settings and stuff. So that's great. Great. Yeah. So, speaking of teams, here we go. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, some of one of the features that you uh, you use a lot is the backlog and sprint planning in a team. Um, mm-hmm. Visual Studio 2012 and Team Foundation Server 2012. It's probably the first release where we've really put teams at, into Team Foundation Server. You know, the actual. The, previously there wasn't even a concept of a team there was a team project and there were team project collections but there weren't actually teams bizarrely so TFS 2012 has teams they're basically just you know a special type of group with some metadata teams exist and there's lots of functionality there which um, a good friend Mickey has um, done a, an MSDN article um, a, sorry a Visual Studio magazine article about if you go to tinyurl.com slash team in tfs mickey just lays out you know team functionality there for you and shows you around teams and by default you have one team but um you know if you create an additional team for your team project then the user interface changes subtly to to help you have multiple teams so it's a good post that's nice. And actually, go a tip on the, that article is go to the last paragraph. You know, hearing about it and seeing it in print is one thing, but he's got a uh, TFS preview project going. And if you send him an email, uh, his email address is there in the post. He'll add you to that project as a team member, and you can actually kind of see this stuff live. Cool. Yes. So you can see it work if you know if you're like me and you don't have a big team, but you want to see what it's like in the real world. Uh, he'll set you up, and you can start playing with it and seeing it, quote unquote, live, seeing it for real. Wow, that's that's brave of him, <laughs> isn't it? Though? I was like, wow, cool. But now that I've called it out, you know, our our yeah. twelve listeners are actually. I think you said that's right. We're thirteen listeners now. I met you part of a discreet club. There we go. <laughs> So another thing that uh, came up, and you had mentioned you'd gotten a question on it, is um, extensibility. Well, Microsoft is very strong. One of the greatest things that I like about the tools from Microsoft is that we can extend it. You know, you guys don't – the company knows that they can't think of everything, and they give us great platforms to build on. Well, you know, what about you know, all these demos that we're seeing of, like, the task board? It's all web-based. Um, and using the web access, well, you know, how how do we extend that? Are, are we hacking server code, which is always you know a bad thing? Um, you know, what if you wanted to say create an auto refresh? So the task board, you'd leave it up on a big screen and just have it auto magically refresh. Well, we've got an answer for that. Funny that, isn't it? Oh, we don't have a tiny URL for this. Uh oh, we'll to fix that. Yeah, so it's uh, Tiago, um, who I was chatting with last week, actually. He was at the partner event last week. So uh, the, the, in previous incarnations of web access, there was no extensibility model for web access. It was just you know, the web client. It itself was built on the extensibility model for TFS, but web access was just web access and designed as a standalone thing. 
since it first came out, even in the original versions, there was always, you know, some demand for being able to customize it. People wanted to stick their own branding or stuff like that on it, which, um, you know, uh, is interesting if you want to do that. But um, what we wanted to enable in this release is being it being able to, like you say, have a, have an extensibility model inside Web Access. It helps us in a number of ways. It, it doesn't just help us and our customers, but um, what we find is if we build things in this modular way um, and make sure the team also use these modular extensibility routes as they're building things, then it leads to a, a much more loosely coupled system, which just makes it easier to develop, especially as we're trying to you know, build a feature um, and ship every ship TFS every three weeks onto a TFS preview, you know, build these features and build these features, and then just drop them in. It's really cool if we can do that modularly. So there's lots of reasons why the extensibility model came about. It's not very it's not very well documented at the minute at all, <laughs> um, and there's parts of it that might change. You know, it's not all of it's published the API yet, but uh, Tiago does a great job explaining um, in his blog post there. About how to uh, how to write a plugin is the extensibility model is all JavaScript based. Um, so you, you you write some code in a special way, put it in a zip file, and then you load that zip file up into uh, TFS preview or, or or into any TFS instance, and actually um, yeah, you can switch on that extension for your TFS instance, which is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. You can get that at tinyurl task refresh. Cool. There we go. It's a good show. It's been an exciting few weeks. You know, we've uh, finally uh, launched Visual Studio. I'm guessing all the listeners to this show have got MSDN subscriptions and and things like that. So I've already downloaded Visual Studio and uh, hopefully running it and playing with it. But uh, if you haven't, now's the time to go run it. If you're interested in what's there, like like uh, Greg said, just go along to the uh, the Visual Studio launch site at tinyurlcom slash vs12launch and you can see a bunch of demos, a bunch of videos, lots of present, lots of content all about 2012 and we'll get some of these people on and we'll, we'll talk to them in the shows. Uh, we're coming up to the end of the show, Greg. I wanted to do a, quite selfishly, do a, a quick plug if that's okay for something. Uh, absolutely, my friend. So I'm... Um, I've been uh, training this year to uh, run a half marathon. I'm, um, as you know, as you know, but listeners who haven't met me might not know, I'm not the I'm not the skinniest, most long distance runner kind of looking chap. I'm a fairly chunky chap. Um, until recently, I uh, I couldn't even um, run ninety seconds <laughs> without wanting to vomit. But um, yeah, built up and trained up to be able to run a half marathon. So this weekend, I'm actually. Um, running a, a half marathon called the Great North Run which is a big um, it's, it's the biggest half marathon in the world actually but it's a, a big event in uh, in Newcastle where near where I used to live um, so um, I'm raising some sponsorship for the event I've, I've reached my target but um, I thought I'd give a quick shout out if anybody wanted to uh, sponsor me for the event then there's still a bit of time um, if you, it's all in aid of the the Stroke Foundation so um, which is a, a very worthy cause dear to my own personal heart so if you want to go along to tinyurl.com slash runfatso um, feel free, if you don't, don't feel like you have to but if you'd like to donate all amount, then, then please do so and leave a cheeky message, that'd be great uh, <laughs> It's been a tough while training. I injured myself just recently. I tore my calf muscle. Uh, oh. Been in physio for the past 
four weeks trying to get things fixed, ready to go. So I'm a bit panicky. I think I'll be able to make it round. I did a a quick 10k run last night and uh, I managed that okay. So um, hopefully, I'm going to get round if I have to hop round, you know. But um, hopefully, Mm -hmm. run round and get a decent enough time. But uh, um, yeah, uh, any support you want to give will be gratefully received. Okay. That's impressive, man. You did the couch to 5k thing, didn't you? Is that how you got started? Yeah, yeah, I did couch to 5k, and then uh, you know, and then from there went on and trained up to. Uh, I can, you know, I've, I've ran, I think the furthest I've ran so far is about 15 miles. So wow, pretty cool. Yeah, it's crazy. Like that I said, is impressive. 90 seconds. When I started couch to 5k, week one of couch to 5k is basically running for 90 seconds and walking <laughs> seconds, and I failed like the first one. I had to. <laughs> about three weeks before I could go. <laughs> but you know just keep doing it trying to look after myself so uh, yeah it's all good okay well we should probably call that a show unless you've got any last shout outs are you good? I think we're good I think it's a show fantastic well again thanks everybody for your time thanks for listening it, um, it's a real pleasure and uh, thanks to the people that do stop by whenever one of us is speaking at an event or something and just to say hi um, you know me and Greg just sort of sit here Greg very early in the morning me in the afternoon just chat to each other and accidentally record it and send it out there. You know, it's real. It's a real pleasure to to say hi to people and meet to people. If you'd like to, um, you know, obviously not everyone can meet us face to face. If you want to get in touch, then please do um, email us on uh, radio tfs at gmail.com and of course we also have the the phone number in the United States if you if you listen to these sorts of things in the car and you want to give us a call or something like that you can call us on uh, 1-425-233-8379 and leave us a voicemail message it's uh, it's great hearing from everybody so thank you very much for your time and we'll speak to you next time on Radio TFS Radio TFS